Hey, thanks so much for checking out this episode of Golf Strategy School. Now, I know you're listening because you want to learn how to play better golf. But if you want to see how you compare to other golfers your age, you need to check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin. That is par, the number four, success.com slash Griffin, G-R-I-F-F-I-N. And what it will do is it will actually give you a free assessment where you can see exactly how you measure up against other people your age. And you can see where you're excelling, where you need to focus your time on. And this is an assessment, honestly, that you can take once a month just to see how you're progressing throughout your golf journey. So again, check out parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see how you measure up against other golfers your age. Hey, it's Marty back with you here for the Golf Strategy School podcast. I am back from Scotland. You heard my last episode was from, not from, but about St. Andrews. If you jump over to the YouTube page, you can hear my review of Royal Dornock, which was also an absolutely amazing experience. It was very similar in some ways and very, very different in others. As you know, this podcast is brought to you by Super Speed Golf. We're coming to you from the Super Speed Golf Studios here. And if you are looking to add distance to your game, you can use the science behind overspeed training that Mike and Kyle have developed to help increase your distance. If you want to learn more about that scientific principle, you can head over to golfstrategyschool.com slash superspeed. And listen to my interview with Mike and Kyle where they walk us through that entire scientific process. On top of that, Mike and Kyle have been kind enough to give us 10% off if you use promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. So 10% off using promo code GOLFSTRATEGY. It's off your entire order. And that is through superspeedgolf.com. So today's lesson, we are actually going to talk about how to add distance with one very simple tip. And it's to slow down. Let's get to it. Do you love to play golf? Do you wish you could be a more consistent and confident player? Well, you're in the right place. This is the Golf Strategy School podcast, where we discuss specific practice strategies used by some of the best golf instructors from around the world. Here's your host, Marty Griffin. Hey, Golf Strategy School. It's Marty here, and we are talking about, as you heard, how to hit the ball farther by slowing down. I know it sounds kind of contradictory, but I want to kind of lay out the problem first, and you might be able to see the solution before I even get to saying it. So it's very, very common, and I see this all the time with people who are newer to golf or who are higher handicappers. They're trying to get this little extra distance. You know, it's a seven iron, and their seven iron goes 135, and the distance 140, and they'll say, oh, I'm just going to put a little extra on it. And I see them take that swing, and a lot of times it's just very arms and hands, and like that's where all of their power is going to, and it's not a fluid motion coming out. So when we see people try harder with their arms and their hands and even really with their shoulders, a lot of times what they're doing is they're throwing away all the fundamentals of the swing just so they can feel like tense and strong in those muscles in their arms and hands. And what a lot of times this causes is a, like a drastic shortening of the backswing 
and definitely not a smooth, fluid kind of kinetic motion through the ball. Uh, One of my favorite examples of this is actually from Indiana Jones in, oh boy, now I'm going to fall flat on my face here. I think it's Temple of Doom. The ball is rolling down. It's that iconic scene where he's making the getaway with the idol and his helper, which is, oddly enough, Alfred Molina. That was his first role, uh, was the throw me the idol, I throw you the whip guy in Indiana Jones. And so Alfred Molina makes it across the pit because he used the whip to swing across, but Indy's still holding the idol. Well, it's that whip that we're going to talk about. When you're looking at a golf swing, it's a very, again, fluid motion. It's what we call a kinetic chain. It's a series of events that take all of this built-up energy and all this built-up power and impart it to the very end of the golf club. So if you are trying very, very hard with all these stiff muscles in your arms and in your hands to hit the ball harder, what you're doing is you're actually putting tension into your swing and you're not allowing those muscles to operate fluidly. And one of the technical terms that we use in golf is to build lag. If you're super tense, you're going to have a hard time building lag and imparting all of that energy and having that whip motion, which is the end of the club head, go towards the ball. So tense muscles are almost like swinging a two by four. You know, you've all seen those golf club testing machines. It's just the robot. It's the one armed robot that takes the club back and then swings it perfectly 100% of the time. Well, imagine if that robot was holding just a piece of like steel rebar instead of a golf club. That robot would not be able to hit the ball as far with the steel rebar because there's no flexion in that steel rebar. So when you get all tense, you lose the flexion. Think of that whip from Indiana Jones. If that whip were just a stick, you're not going to hear that crack at the end when you swing it. That crack of a whip is actually it breaking the sound barrier. So sound barrier is roughly 750 miles an hour. So an arm operating a whip can make the end of that whip go over 700 miles per hour. That's the same concept that we're imparting into our golf swing. We are using all of our big muscles, our legs, our hips, our shoulders to turn and build all of this energy that we are then going to put out through the end of the golf club. And if we are just tense and rushing back and forth, we're going to lose the ability to put all of that energy out through the end of the club. So how do we get around this? Well, it's pretty easy. And you already heard me say it in the intro, but it's slow down. If you slow down your backswing, you are going to kind of innately build more energy because you're taking your time. You are doing things in a more proper, less tense manner. And that's going to let you then put a lot more of that energy you've built up back out through the end of the club. So slowing down is one thing, but a lot of people, you know, you hear slow down and they don't realize necessarily what they were doing on top of that, that causes them to need to slow down. A lot of people, when they get tense like this, what they do is 
they come back very quickly because they think, okay, I got to be fast at the end. I'm going to be fast at the beginning. And so they go bang, bang, and they come back really fast. And then they try and just jerk the club through really fast. That shortens the backswing for a lot of people. And when you watch this, I mean, if you think you're falling into this trap, videotape yourself from the front and watch your backswing. A lot of times you can see that your body starts to move forward while your hands are still moving backwards. You haven't even finished your backswing before the downswing starts. So of course, there's not going to be a good transfer of energy out through the end of that club and into the ball. So we need to slow down, but how do we do it? Well, my daughters are obsessed with Mary Poppins right now. One of the things that I've done is I've had them sing Chim Chimini. So like Chim Chimini, Chim Chimini, Chim Chim Chiroo. I have them go Chim Chimini while they're taking their backswing. And they have to finish their backswing at the end of Chim Chimini. So now if you don't know the song, you can use really any basic waltz rhythm. So like one, two, three, one, two, three. So it would be like one, two, three is your backswing. And then you're coming down, transitioning into the ball after that. This verbal cue can really help gel that transition. For my girls, I have Chim Chimini coming back, and then they know that they can come through. Because if you're rushing really fast, you're not going to be able to finish the Chim Chimini. Or the one, two, three. If you're thinking about that waltz rhythm and you jerk that club back, A, it's going to be very hard to do smoothly. So if you're like, one, two, three, it's like, okay, well, I heard my voice spike like that. That is clearly not a smooth, slow backswing. One, two, three, back, and then essentially that nice rhythmic finish. Or for my girls, it's chim chimini back, and then they know that they can come through. So it's a nice way to just kind of build all that energy. What a lot of people don't really realize, and again, the help of video, if you video, video yourself from face on, so not looking down the driving range, but just square to your shoulders, You'll see that as you're doing that slower backswing, a lot of people actually end up taking a slightly bigger backswing. It gives them the time to make a more full, more complete turn. So that will obviously then build you a little bit more energy that you can put out through the ball. It's a really good way to help kind of pull some of that tension out of the swing as well as build that energy in that rhythm to get you through the swing. And in all honesty, you will get more distance by consistently hitting the middle of the club face than when you're jerking the club all over the place, trying to hit the ball really hard and hitting one show one shot on the toe and then chunking one and then, you know, maybe dragging the heel on one and snapping the club face closed by hitting the middle of the face every time you're going to get a lot more consistent distance output, which in reality is more important than getting more distance in the long run anyway. If you are trying to hit your 7-iron 150 yards and it's normally going 135, I would rather have you hit it 140 yards every single time rather than 150 once and then chunk it 128 and then blade it 156 and then slice it 142, I would rather have you hit it 140 yards every time because then you know that when you pull it out of the bag, hey, this is my 140 club. I know it's going to go 140 every time, and I can use this 
one, two, three, or this chim chimney slowed down backswing to help me get there. So that is our lesson for today. If you want to hit the ball farther, it's pretty easy. Just slow down that backswing and just do it in a nice rhythmic fashion. and It'll help you transition right into the ball. Check out our website for a really slick video that walks you through this as well. And until next time, I will catch everybody in the short grass. Cheers, y'all. All right, thanks for listening to this episode of Golf Strategy School. As always, if you want to keep it in the short grass, all you got to do is put those lessons into effect. And if you want to see exactly how you fare in terms of your physical performance to other golfers your age, head over to par4success.com slash griffin, and you'll be able to see exactly where you line up and match up with other golfers your age based off of this this free performance assessment that Chris and his team has put together. Again, that's parforsuccess.com slash Griffin to see exactly how well you line up against all their golfers your age. And I'll just drop a link to it in the show notes.